Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. If you come to our border, you will be turned back. This administration that cares about people is actually hurting children. This is really a rare victory in the fight against these cyber criminals. Follow the money. If we don't stop this now, everybody across the nation is going to be forced to get things into their body that they don't want. And that's not right. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right. Welcome in. It is News and Views with Tom and Benny and Clark and you. And how many days now have we been under the governor's emergency dictatorship? Believe it or not, it's uh, over 450 days, according to... uh, Representative John Bell and Representative Keith Kidwell, who sent a letter to our governor earlier today and saying, okay, what gives, Gov? What, give us some, give, you know, work with us here. Do something. Give us some hints. I mean, the Virginia governor, he has said that soon the emergency deal is going to be over. South Carolina, they're over. Canada is over. But when it comes to North Carolina... The governor comes out just in his last uh, update and says, we're in the middle of this pandemic, (laughs) in the middle of this pandemic. Uh, Keith Kidwell doesn't think we're in the middle of the pandemic. Keith is on the line with us right now. Keith, welcome into News and Views. Good to have you with us. And uh, let's talk about this letter that you and John Bell have decided to uh, put together and send to our governor. Tom, um, thank you very much, Benny. Good to good to talk to you guys. Um, you know, Tom, if we're in the middle of the pandemic, uh, that means that this is going to go on for another 450 days or, or 900 days in total. Logically, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, it, it, it's got to end. It, you know, most of the states are changing. Even the Democrat states now are changing their policies, opening back up, no restrictions, let's get back to work, back to school, let's take the masks off and, and uh, do what Americans do. I mean, you know, we're, we're looking at July 4th weekend coming up, and our governor is still restricting our freedoms on what's supposed to be the freest country uh, on our celebration of the birth of our freedom. Uh, governor, wake up and smell the coffee, dude. It's time to, uh, to do the right thing and, and stop using political science. And tell me, as, as, as Leader Bell and I have asked, Please tell us what science you're using to make this determination that we're still in the midst of a pandemic, because we don't see it. That's a good point, because the governor and Mandy Cohen have said from the get-go that all they're doing is following the science, following the data. And as you say, there's nothing, it looks like nothing but political science. Do you have a clue as to what motivates the governor to have dug in his heels in such a way that he's just going to say, I'll be darned if I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to do what I darn well please. I'm trying to keep this PG there, Keith. What, what yeah, is it, what's I, his motivation? It's hard for me sometimes yeah. because you, you get just so infuriated by, by as you say, uh, him and Mandy have sat there and put these things on the people of North Carolina, these restrictions that have gone on. I, I was in the gym yesterday over body sculptors with, uh, with Rich Hooten, and we were talking about this very same thing. You know, we, we have in place rules that made no sense from the start. I mean, I'm not saying that COVID didn't happen. It's here. It's, uh, people died from it. That's true. But our response has been so over the top 
And I'll be honest with you, let's look at Governor Cooper's history. Tom, he is the owner of over 60% of all vetoes ever made by a governor in North Carolina. You kidding? What does that tell you? In, in, the, oh, history, no, no. in the history of North in Carolina? In the history of North Carolina, he owns 60% wow. of all the vetoes, and it's growing. Okay? That's simply power. He, I, I stood and listened to him. It almost made me want to throw up, to be honest with you. Stood there and listened to him at, at Lieutenant Governor uh, Mark Robinson's Henry Clay meeting uh, last week where he talked about Henry Clay was a great negotiator and conciliatory and, and that Governor Cooper thought he was. And I'm like, are you kidding me, Governor? Hmm. You have vetoed more legislation. How do you call that somebody who's willing to work with somebody and reach across the aisle? He's done nothing but slap back every good policy we've tried to put in place. We can't even get a budget out of the man. We can't even run the state. We can't. Get, we offered five different budgets last year with teacher raises in them. He vetoed everything except the smallest one for three hundred and fifty dollars. I, I can't believe. How does it. that make sense? Well, I, it doesn't make sense, but I can't believe it's just incompetence. I mean, it's got to be. I mean, he has he has got some sort of motivation here to be a stick in the mud. Well, or he could just be what my bumper sticker says on my truck. Which My is governor's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Keith. Yeah, don't sugarcoat it, Keith. Uh, Keith, it, what, what can we do? What can the uh, General Assembly do? Other than, does it have to be a veto-proof bill? You guys have to do to just absolutely stop these these powers from going forward, or what? What, what can you it, do? It, it really does, Benny. We we cannot. You know, it, it, it's not that way. A, a, a republic does not say you know the legislator can walk over and tell the governor hey you're doing a bad job get out of the chair and go home uh, you know if we could i'd have done that a year ago okay uh but we're, we're in a situation the way our, our government works is we have to pass legislation the governor has to sign it if the governor vetoes it then it comes back to the general assembly and we have to get a veto override the problem is mr conciliatory sits there and threatens democrats if you don't go the way i tell you to we're gonna we're gonna have somebody primary you yeah and the party's gonna support them so they and I, look i've had them walk in my office tom and say representative kidwell we love this bill that you're running i've had the handgun bills that way budget bills that way mass bills that way vaccine bills they walk in and tell me love the bill can't vote for it because i'll lose my seat and, well, and, I, and i asked our representative out of Pitt county i said you know the problem with you guys on the other side of the aisle is none of you will buck the governor or your party. You will not stand up for what you personally believe in, and that that costs me more uh, of a debt of respect that, that leaves you so fast. You know. Are you still there? There you are. Yeah, we lost you for there. Yeah, in a I'm, second. I'm, yeah I'm we lost you there. So um, it, it just it appears to me that there is – uh, no bipartisan agreement that's going to be reached. It appears to me we're just going to continue to be at loggerheads. Do you see the ship turning one direction or the other, or are we just going to continue with more of the same? Well, I'm hoping uh, if, if we can't get something to work with us on the Democrat side, uh, that our, our only hope, honestly, is going to be November of 22. Yeah. And that's where we're going to have to uh, take back the supermajority in the House and the Senate, and, and then we can get some stuff done. Because he can veto it, and we can turn it around, send it right back, and say, "Tough luck, buddy. We're we're going to override your veto." Like, you know, it, it, I could see Tom if he owned ten percent of the, the veto, even twenty or thirty percent, sixty percent of every veto ever done. That's unbelievable. What does that tell you about the man? 
It's his way yeah. or the highway is what it tells you. Exactly. Well, from a- you know, It's all a power struggle, as is it. This is why we're sending the letter. This is why Leader Bell and I got together and said, look, we've got to stop this. Now, we're, this was kind of a nice letter. You, you know me better than this. I, I really want to do <laughs> a little more bite to it. But John was like, easy boy. <laughs> so. Um, I told John, I said, John, next round, if, if we can't get him to, to work with us on this one, we're, we're going to have to get tougher with him. You know, maybe it's going to take another letter with 60 members of the House signing it and sending it over and making that public, because that's worked twice now. So in, 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 to in essence, for our listeners, the, the letter is going to the governor, and it's basically just saying, tell us what you want. What are the metrics that you are looking for to drop the state of emergency like all these other states have done and Virginia, where we've got the liberal of liberal governors up there, even he has dropped it. And that's basically all you're asking for is, okay, give give us the metrics, give us a date, give us what you're thinking. Let us know what you're thinking. You're supposed to be transparent. How about some transparency? Say again. The goalpost. Don't, yeah. Don't yeah. sit here and, and and you know the goalpost is at the hundred yard line. You keep moving it back ten yards, ten yards, and all of a sudden it's at the two hundred yard line. Yeah. So now, we've been four hundred and fifty days, Tom. Yeah. Actually, four hundred fifty-five. So since he imposed the first order on us. So what is the response, ideally, that you would like to see from the governor? Well, I'd like for him to wake up tomorrow morning and say, you know what, Representative Kidwell's right, let's open this state up, get it back to work, put our kids back in school, take the masks off, and let's be a free country again. Okay, now what do you think the answer's going to be? Do you think he's going to even respond gonna to it? I think he's going to say, tough luck, suck it up, and, you know, this is my state, and I'm going to run it the way I want. I think I honestly believe that's what he's going to do. Yeah. So. Well, well, Keith, this has been again. Um, the, you, know, the, you just hit on a good point in my mind, and that the messaging – is important for the Republicans in this situation because, you know, hey, I'm going to give you some free political advice here, and you guys can that you pay a bunch of money for, but it's free. Just what you said. Uh, on hold the, on, uh, Benny. I might, I might have to get your information so I can do an in-kind contribution. Hold <laughs> on. <here. laughs> no, um, you brought up the, the point of the vetoes. You need to do a commercial and say, okay, there's been ever how many thousand vetoes in North Carolina history? Roy Cooper did 60%. 640 of them or uh, whatever it is. Uh, um, yep. There has, has it been a teacher raise since X date. Why? Roy Cooper vetoed them, you know, what, uh, twice now in the last, um, la- what, last two terms. It hadn't been a budget, right? Or is it three? Yeah, well, actually, the last session, which was two years, we didn't get a budget through right. because uh, we kept sending them up. And, you know, he told us up front, Benny, he said, I am not signing a budget that doesn't include Medicaid expansion. We're not going to expand Medicaid. If you want to sit down, and we told him this, you want to sit down and have that as a separate item talk, we'll at least talk about it. It's not going to be part of the budget. Okay? Yeah, just ask New York how that went, right? (laughs) Well, it hasn't worked anywhere they've done it. Look at the amount of taxes they're paying in New York, New Jersey, California. And then, you know, all those people are leaving those areas and coming to North Carolina. Uh, we, we had third district since January, so just about six months, has grown by 45,000 people. Mm. That's just a third con- congressional wow. district, 17 counties. 45,000 wow. people in North Carolina moved wow. to that area. You know, it's growing like crazy. Why? Because we have good, strong fiscal policies. We have good tax policies that we're trying to improve on. We have a, a great base for where people can come in and, and draw from our colleges and our, our community colleges. But in the meantime, the governor is trying to stifle every bit of that. Hmm. 
Hey, Keith, thanks for uh, checking in with us. Thanks for you and uh, John Bell, Representative Bell, writing this letter to the governor. And unfortunately, I I have to agree with your second answer. I don't think anything's going to be done. But I think the fact that you are putting pressure on him is a step in the right direction. Um, and if our listeners want, uh, Clark, see if you can get this letter up onto the website. Uh, or if our listeners would like to read it, uh, I will forward it to Clark here. It'll be up in a few minutes. So, Keith, thanks. for. Well, they can also pick it up, Tom, at, at Representative Keith Kidwell on Facebook. Also, just real quick, uh, you know, the Freedom Caucus has been pressing the Board of Elections to get answers on why numbers keep changes, looking at the machines, those types of things. Again, that one you can find on the uh, North Carolina House Freedom Caucus on Facebook. I got a video up there telling you what we're doing with that. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I listen, before you run, I, I don't know if you've yeah. seen the um, – speaking of the – uh, what you're doing in the Freedom Caucus with uh, investigating the machines and, and, and make sure we have voting integrity. There was an interesting article in the Gateway Pundit. Benny and I were talking about it. I really wasn't going to bring it up today because it, the Gateway Pundit has written an article. It was actually submitted from somebody in North Carolina talking about the irregularities in uh, in the voting in North Carolina. But uh, they're upset because they're saying that Orange County and Durham County was was too liberal. And I don't know that those two counties can be too liberal. So (laughs) I wasn't going to really run with it. But uh, even even in North Carolina, there's some questions out there about uh, about voting. So, yeah, keep keep doing what you're doing for voter integrity, because uh, that's the one thing we got to straighten out or we are. It's why we're in the pickle we're in right now, I, I believe, and uh, so so please keep up the good well, work. One of the biggest complaints I get, Tom, is people are concerned about the, the quality of our elections, and I have to agree with that. You know, it, it, we are a republic. We base everything on our vote. It's one of the things, it's the thing, that every person who has died in every battle that was fought for this country has died for is our right to vote, and it should be protected for the sacred thing that it is. And the Board of Elections needs to know that the people need to have confidence that their vote is counted and counted accurately. Yep. Amen. And that's what I'm seeking to do. I don't know if there's good, bad, or indifferent in there. I'm not going to go in with pre, pre-made up uh, decisions. I want to investigate what's going on and make sure that what we're doing is exactly the right thing for the people. All right, Keith. Keith Kidwell calling in. Thanks. Keep up the good work. Benny and I will be right back. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in tomorrow and uh, Thursday and Friday. 50% chance of rain and thunderstorms high in the mid-80s, low at night in the low 70s. That's an easy forecast, easy to remember. The sun actually will come out by the weekend, so at least the rain is coming during the week and not the weekend. And uh, let's see, ECU will get underway Friday at noon. Friday at noon, yep, Nashville. Nashville, and uh, again, fr- uh, Saturday, Saturday at, at noon, noon and Sunday at 3 p.m., I think is necessary. the schedule, if necessary. Well, what are, are we hoping it's necessary? <laughs> are we, I mean, obviously, we're hoping we win. I actually think it's going to go three games. I hope you're right. I think it's going to go three games. and um, Well, if, the, if it does, they're going to probably pitch their two aces well, they Friday will. and Saturday. They, so they will. if mm-hmm. it goes three games, that means the pitching will be in our favor come game three. Well, it, it'll at least be uh, 
Anyway, those two guys are tough. We got two, we got a couple guys that are tough, but well, uh, and we got some good hitting. Yeah. Let's hope it uh, falls into place uh, this coming weekend. Weather brought to you by our friends and your sports forecast uh, is brought to you by our friends at Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row, Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full-service dining and outdoor pool, tennis, and more. Our newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. For a limited time, join Ironwood and pay zero initiation fees. Give them a call, 252-752-4653. Find out what makes Ironwood the best of Greenville, 252-752-4653. Be a part of the best Ironwood Golf and Country Club. 561-8255. Patricia called us last week, and uh, she was working with a, uh, going to the Beaufort County. Was she the one that was going to the school board to talk about critical race theory? We talked about it last week. Patricia, welcome back. Give us an update. Yes, thank you. Uh, yes, there are two meetings taking place in Beaufort County. That's right. It's the it's the uh, yeah. King Chicken meeting, and uh, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. Now, now it's coming back to me. Go ahead. Yes, on Thursday, June tenth, we will be meeting with members of the Board of Education, and we'll be discussing critical race theory. And July eighth, we will have a special guest speaker. Um, who tends to be a authority on critical race theory. She has done a lot of investigating, uh, and she lives in Johnston County. But she'll be meeting with us July 8th. Uh, dinner is at 6 o'clock. The meeting begins at 6.30. And where is and it? This will be at, both meetings are at King Chicken in Washington. Okay. All right. Yes. Very good. Um, so we would love to have a room full at these two meetings. Well, I got news for you. CRT, critical race theory, is yeah. the hot topic issue. And every day people are sending me videos of parents that are just gone ballistic. In fact, on Friday I want to try to get some uh, some audio. I want to find out who the person was. There was a woman up in, I think it was Camel, New York, was the name of the town. And, boy, she let the school board there have it. But uh, I need to find out who the I – mean, I, don't, I don't like to play audio if I don't know who the person is and being able to identify them. But um, yeah. it was a video and audio of her speaking before the school board, and, boy, she hit it out of the park. Uh, Patricia, thanks for uh, checking in with us, and thanks for what, we, for what you are doing to fight critical race theory, which is, again, just a Marxist-dominated uh, indoctrination. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. You bet. Nationalfile.com has an article up today on Mark Robinson. Didn't have a chance to play this yesterday. Mark Robinson was the keynote speaker. Of course, he was on the air with us Friday night. And by the way, if you you didn't tune in last Friday from 5 to 6 o'clock, you need to go back to our archives, which you can find at uh, encnewsandviews.com, and listen to the interviews that we did I, I thought two of the best were uh, Greg Murphy and and Mark Robinson, but it was really interesting. One of the things that we talked about, you asked him a question and his response and in, in terms of what the uh, Republican Party needed to do uh, to attract minority voters and to you know begin to win more of these contests. And and he just hit it out of the park. And I made the comment. I said, well, you know, I was sort of tongue in cheek. I said. Who writes your stuff? And uh, he said, 
nobody writes it. It's just me. It just comes from up here pointing to his head. And I said, well, uh, at some point we talked about, okay, well, you know, are you going to have prepared notes for your speech tonight? And no, he just gets up there and wings it. This is unbelievable that he winged this. Uh, This is a piece of, this is going to be cut one, uh, Clark. This is a piece from his speech on Friday night dealing with reparations. Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson talking to black Americans saying, you are owed nothing. You are owed nothing. Mark Robinson. There are some people that were talking about reparations in this country. They wanted reparations. And I remember I made this particular liberal so angry at me because I told them right to their face, nobody owes you anything for slavery. If you want to tell the truth about it, it is you who owes. It's you who owes. Why do you owe? Because somebody in those fields took stripes for you. Somebody after those fields were ended and slavery was ended. Somebody had to walk through Jim Crow for you. Somebody fought wars and died for you. Somebody lived less than because they didn't have what you have and they did it for you. There are people in their graves right now and they are there because they were willing to stand up and fight for you. Those folks on the Edmund Pettus Bridge Carrying American flags, take that, Colin Kaepernick. Living in a society that he could scarcely acknowledge, something that he has never known, living with a bigotry that none of us can imagine. Carried American flags on that bridge, and when they were hit upside the head with nightsticks and shot with water hoses and knocked to the ground, they got up and picked those flags up and kept marching. And they did it for you. Nobody owes you anything. If anybody owes, it's you. Because you've been the benefactor of freedom. You are the one that owes. And what do you owe? You owe it to them to get up off your tail and get to school. And when you get to school, you owe it to them to get up off your tail at school and get to work and get some learning in your head. And once you get that schooling in your head and get out of that school, you owe it to them to get to work. And then when you get to work and you get married, you owe it to them to take care of your children and not let the government take care of your children. It's you who owe. Nobody owes you a single solitary thing. The sacrifice and blood that has been laid out in this nation on your behalf, there is a bill at your feet for it. It's time you got up off your tail and went and go pay it. This might be the best three minutes of insightful oratory against Black Lives Matter and reparations you will ever hear. I, the guy gives me goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> Not to sound, who was the guy that said he has a tickle up his leg when he heard uh, Obama speak? Uh, <laughs> I don't know that UNC graduate at uh, MSNBC. What was his name? Uh, Chris Matthews. Chris Matthews. Yeah. 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 How quickly we forget. Who who got canned for harassing women? I think. Yeah. Uh, you, you know but, when, he, uh, when he was on with us Friday, you talked about who wrote his stuff, and and I almost said it Friday. Um, it reminded me one time of. I'm about to be careful not getting emotional saying this, but 
I did a eulogy one time of a, of a good friend, and afterwards somebody came up to me and said, uh, you, you have a gift. That was some incredible writing. Uh, I said, I didn't write anything. Uh, I spoke from the heart. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, I think he's speaking from the heart. He's speaking from the heart, but when you have to do it on a daily basis oh, yeah. and you come across just as, as clear and outspoken and winsome and every other positive attribute I could possibly give to the man in terms of his oratory, that, that, is, that is a gift. I mean, it, it's coming from the heart, but it, it's, a, it's a heart with a gift. I love it when he calls out Colin Kaepernick when he's talking about uh, crossing the uh, Emmett Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama on that bloody Sunday and how they got knocked down but turned around and first thing they did was pick up the American flag and continue to carry it. The, I, I mean, he is, and again, that's, that's the kind of thing that, you know, you, you'd pay someone an insightful, uh, a, a lot of money for an insightful comment, side comment. That was just a side comment about Colin Kaepernick, but that was so effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, this is why I have said that it is so important that we have men like Mark Robinson espousing these things. I can do it. I have done it, and I'll continue to do it. But when a black man says it, he will never hear the retort, you don't know what you're talking about because you've never been what I've been through. Coming from him, um, I think it's received better. I mean, I have had those exact same thoughts before because I have witnessed growing up in the South, uh, at, you know, I'm in my mid-50s, I have witnessed black people um, of my dad's generation that really, really um, were abused mm-hmm. in, in the South, and they worked their tails off only for one thing to give their children a better life than what they had and when i hear some of these young people now saying they don't have an opportunity in this um yeah you don't know what you're talking about no they should look at their parents and grandparents and what they went through and coming from mark robinson it can be received better but it's exactly the right message not not that we don't there's not work to do and continue to do right but um that's a great message you are owed nothing you owe and uh <laughs> again marvelous speech and he he said friday when we interviewed him friday one 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 thing i wrote down that he said um that republicans need to take heed of republicans need to define their message not cnn and i really think the republican party um to that point has been a little complacent about well we can't do anything about the mainstream media we can't do this Get out and get your message out. They're not going to put it out. Get it out. There are certain people that have the ability, and Mark Robinson's one of them, by the way, but you have Ronald Reagan. I think to a certain degree you had Donald Trump who had the ability to bypass the media yeah. and got their message out and said things that were so profound the media couldn't ignore them. I think that's the kind of guy that Mark Robinson is, and I hope that um, our state's future includes a prominent place for Mark Robinson. Uh, I'd love to see him become our next governor. On the other side of this whole equation, I mean, it's interesting that Mark Robinson was talking about those those men who got smacked, and women who got knocked down and smacked across the head um, years ago in the 1960s uh, during the civil rights marches. 
and uh, down in Selma, Alabama. On the flip side of this coin, and Mark Robinson would say to this Mara Gay, who is the New York Times editorial board member, um, this woman has come out. uh, She tweeted over the weekend that uh, the American flag just makes her sick. It disturbs her. She apparently saw a pickup truck that had a Donald Trump flag and a bunch of them, but predominantly it was just a bunch of American flags on the back of this pickup truck. And uh, she came out and just talked about the fact that uh, it, this is very upsetting to her, that um, she, she just uh, couldn't, couldn't take it. She went on MSNBC on Monday morning and just talked about how it was just you know, so upsetting to her. And uh, the good news is she's gotten a lot of negative feedback. I mean, she's had a lot of people in social media say, um, how, about, uh, how about growing up a little bit? Um, who's, who's the guy, uh, uh, Terrell, that's uh, on uh, 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 Fox News? Um, he, he wrote about, you know, he just slammed her. Oh, for Leo, ter- Leo, Leo Terrell. Two, yeah, Leo yeah. 2.0. <laughs> yeah. Playing the race card. Uh, didn't expect anything different from her, considering that she works at MSNBC. That's what liberals and progressive do, Terrell said. People are responding in outrage, including myself, regarding her attack on the American flag. She doesn't get a pass because she's black. And uh, Larry Elder also gave her a hard time. That, you know, this is what they do. They whip out the race card when they can't get their way. What do they do? Let's play the race card. Hey, we've got to get uh, a timeout in here, so uh, we'll do that right now. Stay with us. Much more to come on News and Views for a Tuesday. We'll be right back. washed his head so many times he can now see the answers to his tests from high school. Uh, those aren't the right answers. And you never know what to expect with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in 20 minutes before the top of the hour. Uh, our VP, Kamala Harris, was on NBC this morning. And uh, she claimed during an interview with NBC News, Lester Holt, that the administration has been to the border. Lester Holt asked, when are you going to the border? This is cut two, Clark. Um, and so this is the give and take between Lester. It's, it's a quick little piece of audio. But what Kamala Harris says is mind-boggling. Okay. Do you have any plans to visit the border? I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So this whole, this whole, this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. And I haven't been to Europe. And I mean, I don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. (laughs) The cackling hyena strikes again. (laughs) She went to, uh, she went to Hillary Clinton's lessons on that. She sounds like Hillary. You remember how Hillary used to cackle? Yeah. She'd always have this goofy cackle. And Hillary, I, Hillary was a, I mean, she was, a, I almost said, a smart A. She was a smart A with reporters and all, just like she was. I but mean, I, I don't understand your point. Uh, you have to feign stupidity to come across that stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're the border czar. You're not the Europe czar. <laughs> now, if Lester Holt and NBC, you know, was as sharp as you know our 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 crew in the back, Clark. He'd be they would have keyed up. Well, 
here's a picture of the border. Here's some video of the border right, right. here. You see what's going on? Let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised Lester Holt asked the question. To be well, if you, you. Uh, if you listen to the rest of the interview, I, I wouldn't say he backpedals, but he responds kindly to the vice president. Now, you can say, well, it's the vice president. He needs to respect <laughs> her. Uh, they certainly would not never respect Donald Trump. No, that's it was producer in his ear saying, hey, we are Democrats, you know. Yeah. He's, he's up, Lester. <laughs> I mean, frankly, I'm surprised that he even said, well, you haven't been there. Um, but as you can imagine, there is all kinds of uh, response on social media just going at it. I mean, you talk about 450 days under our um, governor's emergency orders. Uh, it's been over 75 days that she was appointed the czar and is yet to go down to the border. And I talked about this yesterday. I mean, she was down there with the president of Guatemala. The president of Guatemala says, you know what? It's, it's not Donald Trump's fault. It's your fault. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's your rhetoric that's coming out, and you're tearing apart families down here. When you come out with this, uh, these overtures that, oh, we're compassionate and we're reuniting families and everyone is welcome here. Uh, you know, here, uh, was it uh, she, she tweeted not too long ago, hear me loud, hear me clear, everyone is welcome here? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's she's cringeworthy. Yeah, I mean, what and what is somebody that hears that 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 lives in one of the most poverty-stricken places in the world, high, highest crime in the world? What are they going to do? Right. They, they're going to start hightailing it to America through Mexico. The media has been kissing the Biden-Harris butt for the past eighteen months, and I think Harris just assumed that we're going definitely. Now, again, maybe it was a mistake, and Holt Lester Holt slipped up and accidentally asked the obvious question. But uh, it, it would it would be nice to think. I'll go out on a limb here. It'd be nice to think that maybe, maybe there's just a spark of journalism within Lester Holt, and he was actually asking a question that uh, was a logical question to ask. I might have to listen to him now. Nah, nah, <laughs> forget it. Uh, the Daily Wire and a number of other media outlets are reporting on that Loudoun County, Virginia elementary school teacher who was placed on administrative leave back in May for refusing to affirm transgender identity in children. He was reinstated by a judge today, Byron Tanner Cross, who teaches phys ed at Leesburg Elementary School, which is basically a D.C. suburb, secured a temporary injunction from Judge James Plowman, in his lawsuit against Loudoun County Public Schools, according to an announcement from Alliance Defending Freedom, which defended him. And again, kudos to Alliance Defending Freedom. If you ever want to give away some of your hard-earned money to a worthy organization, Alliance Defending Freedom ought to be on your list. WTOP reported that Plowman found the school system's suspension was unconstitutional and his handling of the situation was vindictive. The school argued that it suspended Cross not for his beliefs, but because of the disruption he allegedly caused. But Plowman said there was simply an absence of evidence that any, any disruption to school operations took place. Look, they're going to come in and, and say, because you are not following our mandates that you have to call 
th- these students by whatever by whatever preferred pronoun they identify with, uh, by you not doing it, you're causing disruption, and and yet n- they're not taking any responsibility for the disruption that they have caused in schools and families and communities by mandating this. Yeah. This, this is unbelievable. You are the ones that caused the disruption, and when you get just a little bit of pushback from a man with principles and morals and biblical values, you accuse him of causing this, the disruption. Unbelievable. He said, this is what got him in trouble. He said, I love all of my students, but I will never lie to them regardless of the consequences. I'm a teacher, but I serve God first, and I will not affirm that a biological boy can be a girl and vice versa because it's against my religion, it's lying to a child, it's abuse to a child, and it's sinning against our God, Cross said. According to an email obtained by Fox via the group Parents Against Critical Theory, Cross was placed on leave from Leesburg Elementary School two days after his statement. This was a statement at a public forum before the school board. Shortly thereafter, he sued the school and was represented by ADF counsel. Public schools have no business compelling teachers to express ideological beliefs that they don't hold, nor do they have the right to suspend someone simply for respectfully providing their opinion at a public meeting, uh, uh, ADF said. You know, a part of free speech is not only the ability to say what you want, but it's also the ability to not say what you don't want. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, you mentioned uh, Alliance Defending Freedom. Yes. Is that the name of the organization? Yeah. My question is, where is the ACLU in this situation? Oh, yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. I mean, where is the ACLU in this situation? But uh, w- the ACLU <laughs> only defends liberal causes the the causes that they agree with i mean once in a once in a while once in a while they happen to be on the right side of the case but it is a rare rare occasion when that happens good for this guy and and you know this is the type thing that people all across america should stand up and not be afraid to be canceled out whether it's corporate ceos institutional leaders that has just fallen in line with all this mess it's time for people to stand up and, as Mark Robinson said, run to the danger instead of yeah. run away from it. Yeah. ADF in their press release said the bottom line is that the school district can't use teachers as a mouthpiece to promote a political agenda that violates their beliefs, but that's exactly what they're trying to do. And when Tanner used his constitutional right to speak up against the policy, officials punished him, propping him up as an example and sending the message that teachers must toe the ideological line or face the consequences. Well said, and they're exactly right. That's exactly what's going on here. We've got to take another time out. Stay with us. More news and views coming up in just three minutes. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Are we on? There we are. Welcome back in. 561-8255. We've got Ernie from Burgall. Hey, Ernie. Welcome in. Hey, Hey, Ernie. Hey, Tom. How you doing? Hey, Benny. Doing well. Back y'all I'm okay. I'm gonna back y'all up a little bit to the Kamala interview. Just kind of mostly had a comment, man. Yeah, that lady's law. That woman's law to be president for the next four years. Uh, yeah, but like, uh, more than likely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Old old cousin Joe. I mean, he he ain't gonna make it. <laughs> no, he's about on his last legs, man. And I Kamala just seems to me she don't really have a clue or even care about much of anything. Um, I, I tell you, I don't. I, I just I don't know. It's scary. It, man. And, it, it all is, and the, and the 
critical race theory stuff. And, and you guys are exactly right, man. People need to start standing up. I mean, I think about myself, but I'm a nobody. But uh, I, I, they could cancel me to hell freezes over. Yeah, exactly. And, and we gotta, we got to stand up and we've got to say, I don't care if you're going to cancel me. I don't care if right. you're going to call me a racist. I know who yes, I yeah. am. And I am just going to stand up and, and promote yeah. what I believe in. Yeah. And we got we people have got to stop and think. You know, they can't say, "Well, I've got too much to lose." You know what? Losing our country yeah. and losing our freedom is everything. Ha- is everything. Yeah. There's nothing yeah, that's else. It. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's that, that's that's exactly it, man. You, you think they got too much to lose? You you wait till we turn into to Venezuela. Yeah, then then we'll see what what you think about it. Well, and the thing about it is Venezuela was one of the richest countries in South America. They've got more natural resources than any other country in South America. They've got they've got minerals, they've got oil, and if if you you know, I mean, you you can look at certain countries and understand why they are poor and destitute. Venezuela was not one of them. But yet when no, you allow weren't. when you allow these communists to come in, these dictators, these authoritarians yep. to come in and take over, that's the result, Venezuela. That that's what you end up with, sure enough. That's exactly right. Yep. Well guys, I love your show, man. Well thank you, Listen sir. Appreciate you it. Every, most every evening at five o'clock because 'cause I'm I'm usually I, I get off about three thirty, so I'm able to catch you all. Sometimes I'll just sit in the garage and listen to the show till it was over. Well, y'all, y'all have a good one. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you, sir. Appreciate the call. Appreciate the affirmation. Uh, you know, it brings up a point. Um, talking about socialism and everything else, the, the liberal argument, um, and, and I've got some friends, you know, when they start talking about, you know, we need to have the government do this. We need to have the government do that. And, and my response is, well, where are these better angels that are going to protect us? Yeah. Because you, you just got through saying how dangerous Donald Trump is. Saying Donald Trump is a fascist, and which is the most idiotic statement that can come out of anyone's mouth. But you say, I mean, who do we trust? Right. How about we trust ourselves? Well, listen, I, 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 I trust the individual looking after their own rational self-interest thank you. more than I do a freaking politician thank that's you. getting a paycheck. Yeah. I mean, the idea is, are you going to trust someone who's a private corporation who had to go out and start that business from scratch? And granted, sometimes you're in the fifth and sixth and tenth generation of the people running that corporation. But are you going to trust private enterprise or are you going to trust the government? Anybody that says, oh, I would always trust the government first. I mean, you hear people all the time say, oh, I listen to NPR because that's unbiased. That's neutral. That's fair. <laughs> I, what, are you, what, you know, what are you drinking? What are you smoking? Unbelievable. Drinking the Kool-Aid. I'll tell you. Hey, thanks for uh, being with us. Good to hear from you on the telephone. And uh, we'll do it again tomorrow at 5 o'clock. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.